Have you ever thought about what it is to be a man? Are you tired of being pushed around by everyone, especially women? Are you tired of not standing up for what you truly believe? Are you tired of living life on autopilot with no fire or passion? Do you want to learn what it takes to be a real man? Do you want to learn how to have healthy relationships and attract the woman you want? Do you want to learn how to stand up for what you believe and stop living life on your knees? Do you want to learn how to ignite your life with passion and purpose? Come with me on this journey from emasculation to initiation as we fight back together against this mandemic. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. It's time to build strong men again. Welcome to the Mandemic Show. Welcome back to the Mandemic Show. This is a show where we talk about guy things. I believe that masculinity has been under attack. I've experienced it myself, unfortunately. I've learned a lot of things the hard way by my own failures and mistakes. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there listening to me can relate uh, in one way or another. So this is to benefit you and hopefully you can take something away from this episode, which I believe you will because... This is my first episode where I'm actually going to be interviewing a guy that has been dear to my heart. He's taught me a lot, and I'm excited to bring him on. So I want to welcome Brooks Jeffrey to the show. So how you doing, Brooks? Doing good, Nick. I, I want people to understand where you've come from and leading up to the point of like when we met. So once you get to that point, we'll kind of like pause. You can kick it to me, and then we'll just go back and forth on that. All right. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, cool. So why don't you give the listeners a backstory of who you are, where you've come from, so we can bring everyone up to speed. All right. So my name is Brooks Jeffrey. I was originally from a small town in Arizona called Parker. Um, grew up there most of my life. Uh, and after I turned 18, there was not really a lot of job opportunity. Moved to Pennsylvania and worked there three years as a journeyman welder. And eventually I met Nick. He was a close family friend. And pretty much we just shot back and forth, hung out for a little bit, go to the gym a few times. And after that, I went into the military for five years. And now since I've gotten out, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Awesome. So, so how, I mean, how was life growing up in, in Arizona? I mean, let, let's unpack that a little bit more. Your childhood years, your teenage years. Yeah, so it was, it was rough, man. This hometown, like just a small place in the middle of the desert, like 130 degrees in the summer, 40 in the winter, just a lot of very, like, rough people you know uh jumped houses a lot 
grew up in a single parent home. Uh, didn't really have a lot of friends in high school. Didn't really play sports, like, because essentially I was just scared at the time. But uh, I did some welding classes and stuff, and I think it's kind of where I found, like, my niche, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, pretty much from there, that's when I went to PA. Gotcha. So what what about like growing up? I mean, what what was what were the fears? What made you scared? Like until you you got to the point where you found that niche of like welding. Well, I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up. I was always right by myself. Got bullied, picked on, teased, like pretty much clear from being a little kid all the way up into high school like I always just felt like I was weaker and everybody smaller and everybody and I'm six foot four for context <laughs> so uh yeah I was just always scared like I never had any athletic ability like just generally just I mean I would say more of like a loser kid in a way and like I don't know I just always used to hang out with family or my grandpa and he helped kind of more teach me the things that were about being a man like than just playing sports you know hard work ethic being a good man like just being able to essentially just grab the world by the throat and be like look like i'm that guy gotcha so you said you learned a lot from your grandfather was was your father in the picture at all uh no Due to some mistakes by him, he was out of the picture when I was two. And yeah, it's just been pretty much me and my mom from there on out. Of course, I have my brother also from my stepdad, but also he's out of the picture now too. Gotcha. So so your stepbrother was out of the picture, your dad was out of the picture. What was that like? I mean, you know, not really having a father figure in the home just being raised by your mom i mean yeah you like you said you had your grandfather who taught you a lot but what what was that like for you i mean it sucked in ways like i really wanted a dad to like teach me about working on cars and like shooting guns and generally just being a man just somebody i could turn to to have like a second opinion or almost like i mean we know how we are as teenage boys we want somebody to like check us and I essentially just had to somewhat figure out how to be a man by myself. Like, essentially, my personality, I just figured out that being very stoic and just, I guess, being a man about everything is more or less my niche. Like, there's not a lot of hard workers. There's not a lot of people that say, as a man, like, my word is my word. Nothing more, nothing less. If I don't have that, I don't have nothing. Right, right. Uh, that's a good point. So you kind of found some strength, so to speak, with your work, with the welding, and that was kind of like an outlet for you to kind of embrace this masculine journey, right? Yes. All right, so let's transition into how we met. Now, from my understanding of it, I train your – it's your aunt, right, aunt, uh, Jen? Yes. So I've been training Jen for, I don't know, I would say the past five, six years, maybe something somewhere like that. And she had mentioned, you know, about her nephew named Brooks and 
how he was, you know, just kind of struggling, maybe a little bit rebellious. I, I'm trying to recall what she was telling me at the time, but, you know, I I love a challenge, and I've always been that way, whether I'm training somebody or training myself, and so this was an opportunity for me. I was like, well, if I could help him, great. If not, then, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, so... I had agreed to, you know, kind of meet with you and go through some evaluation type stuff. So I get an idea of where you're at in life. Like, why are you here? What are you looking to do? And so let's let's just dive into a little bit of that. What what was your thoughts at that point? Like, what what was your mental state like? What was your emotional state? Like, where were you going in life at that point? Or were you just completely lost? Honestly, I was just really lost at that time. Like, I was still very kiddish, even though I was around maybe the 20-year 20, 20 mark. And Jem was telling me about meeting you and stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, why not? I could actually meet somebody and become, like, a personal trainer and everything. And then when we met, I was just like, man, this guy's a freaking beast. Like, who is this guy? Because <laughs> listeners, I don't know if you know Nick that well, but I've literally watched this guy do 132 push-ups in two minutes. Do not let him try and convince you otherwise. Rip, six-pack, bald head. This guy is one dude you do not want to tussle with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I appreciate that. Um I have done some crazy stuff in my days, but yeah, so that was at men's conference, right? When that went down? Yeah, it was. It was uh, in the parlor. It was for, uh, what was it? It was like a fundraiser or something. I can't remember what it was. I'm sitting there like gassed after 42 and here you are still cranking them out. I'm like, dude, who is this guy? (laughs) Did you go before me or were we going at the same time? No, no, we were going at the same time. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> we were in sync for maybe of what 10 seconds and yeah yeah <laughs> i know i'm so competitive man and i like i knew the high score or whatever it was it was right around that mark of what i got i don't know if i i, I think i ended up winning or i tied the guy who got first something like that but yeah i think it was for like there was an organization in the lehigh valley in pennsylvania and it was like I don't know. I think they did like faith, fitness, and fellowship, where it was like three F's or something like that. And it was just, it was a cool organization. And it was at this men's conference that we had went to. It was me, you, and Rodney, right? That we, we went. Yeah. And uh, I can't even remember what all that conference was about, but I do remember our the car ride of us going there. Like we were talking about something. And then the, I think it was like the first speaker was like saying the exact same message of what we were talking about and we all just looked at each other like no way (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean i remember some of those training sessions with you and i didn't really know what to think about you i mean i i knew like you know here's this tall guy you know he's he's obviously younger than me you know and i didn't know where you were at in life so i just kind of was going into it blind but as we started getting into the sessions, I feel like you started opening up more and it was like, I started to see the man inside of you uh, come out and, and there was a confidence 
the more I challenged you with these workouts and doing push-ups until you couldn't even get off the floor and going out on, on rucks and hikes and trail runs and in the woods, you know, just doing stuff that's out of the norm that I feel like you just really responded well to. And it's like you, you didn't give up. Like you, you didn't have this give up mentality. I, I hate that, by the way. Like when, when I'm training somebody and I, or I'm in a class coaching and I see people cheating, right? Like, don't do that, dude. Especially as a man, like that girls do that. Women, women and, and forgive me, women, if you're, if you're listening to this, but I, I have to say it. If you're a guy and you're cheating your reps, come on, man. You're, you're better than that. But anyway, getting back to Brooks, I never seen him cheat reps or, or he, he never gave up. He always came back and he was just like, he might've been weak at the time. Like I remember he, it was a struggle just doing pushups. But then before we knew it, we're at a conference, he's banging out 40 some reps and you know, he's starting to get pecs and he's, his body's changing and he's getting this confidence. That's what I started seeing the transformation. So like, what, what was that doing for you? And what did that do for you going forward? Honestly, that just helped build me up like a lot. Like, it's honestly funny about the whole being lost situation because there comes a time when eventually, like I learned this through the army, that you just get put through so much bullshit that eventually your eyes open and you become aware of everything around you and how you act and just how stuff is. And I was just blind before. I never paid attention to things like ever since doing that it just really built up my confidence like yeah i can do this like yeah this isn't impossible like i'm just sitting here trying to make up excuses instead of just doing the work and that just helped my confidence tremendously right right and so going into the army at that point we weren't with each other for that long i don't think if i recall it, it was like a a season of life it seemed like like it just went by so fast and then you were like on your way off to the army and it was like oh my gosh like this all just happened so quick how did that transition go for you it helped a little bit but when you go into the army if there's any vets or any of my guys that are in still you know you're not ready for basic training you get in there and you get some pissed off drill sergeants up your butt 24-7. Like, no, nothing prepares you for that. <laughs> like, just going 16, 18 hours a day. And, like, listen, guys. Like, I went back in in 2018. This is when we were still doing the shark attacks. It's not like nowadays where we got rid of it and the army's all soft. Like, I still had the genuine army back in the day. And it was just hell. <laughs> Okay, so I so what is the shark attack? I got I got to know this. Oh, all right. So you go into the army and you go through this thing called processing. It's just they give you your shots, they give you your uniform, your boots, kind of get you ready, and then you actually go to your basic training company to train. And shark attack is pretty much this: you got your head down on the bus, you show up, and you just get one drill to come up on the bus and be like, "Get off my fucking bus!" everybody gets up running with their duffel bags like screaming yelling going on there's like arty sims or like fake mortars going off there's smoke bombs or uh sorry uh smoke grenades going off and you sprint to the company and it's just hell on earth 
for probably about mine was about like two days, but it lasted for about two months. But for those two days, just complete hell. Getting smoked, running to this place, running to that place, getting smoked again, getting some drill in your face, trying to break those old habits of yours where like independent thinking or like trying to do your own thing. They really insert dominance when you get there and like go to bed at let's say i don't know eight ten o'clock and they wake you up at 12 to a fire alarm going off or screaming or crying babies over the intercom banging trash cans and they're just in your ass smoking you 24 7 (laughs) it's just a total reality check and it is insane (laughs) wow so yeah i mean it's like how do you prepare for that well, I mean, there's ways you can prepare for it, obviously. Being in, phys- like, in really good physical shape will help because you do do PT tests and other stuff. But the amount of like push-ups, sit-ups, running you're going to do, no, like nothing's going to prepare you for that. Like, Nick, obviously you'd be all right for it. But <laughs> like the average listener, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I've always wanted, I've always thought about like, man, I would love to be part of that. Like I would love to be some sort of drill sergeant or or even just leading uh, a group of guys, you know, through workouts and stuff like that. And how would I, you know, how, how could I break people? I, I get, I get a sense of joy sometimes when I just, uh, when, when I'm able to break somebody physically, but it, it, you know, I'm sure that going into the military, that it's way more mental, I guess, than it is physical, right? Uh, it's definitely a lot of physical, but the biggest thing about the army, like going into special operations and those other high tier groups, they want the guys that will not quit. So it very much is a mental game, especially how like they communicate and they treat you. Like it is truly a test of like physical and mental strength. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that would make sense of why, you know, you were able to kind of persevere through a lot of that crap. Because, you know, that's that's what I started to see in you through our workouts. And you just had this never give up mentality. And like you're saying, I mean, if without that, like you're you're going to break and and you're going to be on your way uh, and you're not going to you're not going to make it. I mean, it's good to have those breakdown periods because the good thing about the army is they really break you like I'm sure as people have read when you they really break you down to your bare bones. And that's where you can open your eyes and realize like, okay, what am I made of? How far can I go? And you just have to strive through it and gain a lot more wisdom from going that route. I mean, you can't leave. Like the army's got you under contracts. You might as well just embrace the suck and keep going. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting you say that, the, the breaking down, because I think it was in my last episode I was talking about like the crucible and, and how, a piece of gold is refined and how it gets to that point in the process of like being put in the fire, the crucible. And you know, the, the first stage of that process is the, the rock, like it has to be broken. It has to be broken down. And, and then, you know, a lot of those metals, uh, you know, that are inside of it start to become exposed and then you got to remove the impurities of it. And it's that whole thing. So it's interesting that you talk about the breaking down process in the army what did that do for you? Like, do, would you say that was like the best thing that you've experienced? Yeah, absolutely. It was the best thing that I would say probably ever happened to me because when it really breaks you down to that bare bones mentality, like you're just like, 
okay, this sucks. This can't get any worse. Like, I'm going to keep going. And that's just kind of like the same identity that a lot of soldiers foster is just that never quit mentality. Like, I've been through worse. This ain't shit, you know? Right, right. No, that's a great point. Yeah, that that really reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins, but he he's really popular now for his uh his own personal transformation and he wrote a book called can't hurt me which is phenomenal book i mean the dude cusses like every sentence but he he was basically a a former navy seal and you know was one of like 26 uh i think black men that have actually made it in the navy and you know he would just literally put himself through the worst kind of physical challenges and uh, I think he's been through three hell weeks, uh, if I recall, and he's like one of the only that to ever like have to do that. And so the guy, what most think is is a maniac, he's like a genius in in my eyes because I relate a lot to that, you know, like in my own life and and how I was able to gain more strength mentally and emotionally when I would put myself in bad physical workouts that i i knew like going in like oh my gosh i i don't want to feel this like this is going to absolutely suck like i i just want to i just want to chill today and it's like nope get up get your ass out there and run there was a day i was like minus 15 wind chill was like probably making it minus 20 something and and i'm out there running training for like a spartan race and i'm just like why the hell am i out here right now and it's like if you don't have that why, if you don't have that like never give up, like it it's going to be better. Like ju- once you do it, you're going to feel better. And then like you're saying, when you start putting yourself in those situations more and more, it's like, well, what can be worse? You know what I mean? Like I've already experienced all this other pain and suffering. Like what I I can do whatever else is put in front of me. And that's that confidence, like, as a man that I think is so needed. And, like, what you're talking about now. Oh, yeah. You just start to, like, love it after a while. Like, as far as a lot of the infantry guys out there, you just get kind of sick and twisted with the suck. Like, you crave more of it. Like, you just want to suck harder just to see how worse it could get and just to see how far you could go. Wow. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, it's like a like recycle your pain. I always loved that mantra. You know, you, you you just turn your pain into your fuel. It's like, okay, you're gonna ride my ass. All right, I'm gonna use that. Thank you. Actually, give me more of that. You know, give give me more of that because I'm gonna use it against you. I love it. So what? I mean, what would you say is like the worst thing that that you've experienced through that process? We talked about the best thing, like you being broken down and knowing who you are at your core. What's what's the worst thing if you had to pick? Um I've had plenty of terrible like stuff I've had to endure, but probably like the hardest thing I had to do was we had this thing called a Norwegian ruck march and it's 18.5 miles in 4 hours and granted the ruck's only 25 pounds cuz it actually is a competition thing, but no, it is extremely hard like out of like maybe 200 people i was in ninth place no sixth place at the nine mile turnaround point and on my way back about mile marker 10 or 12 i had to go to the bathroom real bad and i went off to the side of the road i dropped my ruck in the middle of the night 
had to go to the bathroom and I checked my ruck and I forgot my toilet paper. I was like, crap, what do I do? I, I whipped out my knife and grand, this is an OCPs, like full pants and a long sleeve top. This isn't like uh, shorts and a t-shirt. I took my knife, cut my sleeve off my shirt and used that as toilet paper <laughs> and got back on the road and kept running. And like mile marker 12, like I started to get cramps real bad and like my feet were hurting up until mile marker, I think it was like 16 and a half. My literally my feet gave out like they were so demolished. Like we we do plenty of 12 miles routinely, but nothing really beyond that. And I was probably out like three hours or something, but I just, I dropped. I, I had to get the medics to like take me back on a truck and everything. And yeah, that was, it, it took me probably like a month and a half for my feet to heal. Like they were just felt like they were just torn right wow, down the middle. Wow. So yeah, I mean, did you seriously injure them? Like, did you get like really checked out or? Yeah, I got a little bit of fishiitis in there. So <laughs> But yeah, just a lot of foam roll work and light walking around. Eventually, I was back up to strength. <laughs> That's wild. So how, I mean, at what point did you start learning how to become more of a man? I mean, was it through the Army? Did that teach you the most? Is it, you know, uh, where you're at right now in life? Like, how did you start learning how to become more of a man? Um, it was honestly through the army. Cause like every soldier knows when they first show up at their unit, they just get, they get smoked and everything by the guys, you know, a little initiation. And it was just different because after about six months, I got recruited into our sniper section and it was just different having somebody that was like a full grown man treating me like another man and like holding me accountable and responsible. And I was like, huh, like, I guess I need to stop acting like a kid and get my shit in gear. And also, it really rang home, like, after a few years in the Army and eventually got put in the team leader positions and had my own Joes that I was responsible for. And, like, I had to essentially one day lead these guys into combat and, like, they're put their lives on the line. And it really just makes you mature a lot, like sticking up for them dealing with hired leaders doing what's best for them like it just it makes you grow up because you understand it's not about you anymore it's about like people that depend on you hmm. that's interesting so so you were in charge of how how many other guys uh it could range anywhere from like three guys to eight guys it all depends but most of the time i had like my three Joes that were under me. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. I'm I'm assuming, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of military tape that comes with everything. And that's like from something as simple as checking their barracks room to making sure that they understand like their drills and their training, their weapon systems, like, you know, land nav, uh, packing the ruck correctly, how to properly shoot at the range, like holding responsibility of where they're at at all times. Like it just, it almost assumes you into like a parent role of having like watch over these guys and make sure that they are good to go. Cause they are a reflection of you and your leadership ability. Right. Right. And so how did these guys respond to you? Like ultimately, I mean, were they, respecting you were they disrespecting you like 
at first they were like my guys were kind of just like dude this guy's an asshole who is this guy i'm not listening to him but the <laughs> army's got this magic way of making you do the push-ups that gets you to fall in line pretty quick <laughs> but um now i eventually did earn my guys respect because i practice what i preach i'm not a guy who's gonna tell you to do something that i wouldn't wholeheartedly do myself so i was always drilling my dudes with knowledge with weapon systems with being good at your job like and honestly they i mean i would say they probably adapted more like shithead mentalities <laughs> as far as like oh i'm better than you you're not gonna tell me what to do as far as like everyone else they wouldn't do that to me but like my guys were like the cream of the crop they were the best that we had because i trained them up to a standard that i expected them to be at hmm yeah, that's important, you know, like, and it's like so many of us, I feel and more so nowadays, like it, it almost feels like the values, the standards, like things have dropped so low that like when you do see someone who has such high standards for themselves, you're like, dude, this guy's like an alien, like you don't even belong here because it's like so many have just dropped their standards and it's like you could just let any Joe Schmo like be responsible for something and they're not practicing what they're preaching, like you're saying. Like and that's that's something that I, I really hold in, in high regard, like especially as a man. I mean, being a man of your word and, and actually doing what you say you're gonna do and practicing it, like that that's everything. That that's every because if not, then what respect are you gonna get what what are you gonna earn from that? You know, it's like so many people are just just feel entitled, like you should just respect me and, you know, because I'm a certain age or I look a certain way or I have a certain amount of money or a job, whatever it is, like, it's like, no, like you, you have to earn that. You have to practice it and live it every single day, not just like on the weekend or like here or there, like all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, Grant, I had my little power struggle when I first came in, like, I got my rank and then eventually just started hazing people left and right. And just my leadership eventually just started pulling me back. And they were like, look, you can't do that. Like here, this is how you lead people. And eventually I got a grip with it and I very much enjoyed it. I just loved like training up my guys and they could go out there and crush anybody. And it was just amazing to watch. I was like, hell yeah. Like I can do this. This is crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, such such wisdom and and I'm sure your whole experience being in is just like it's probably catapulted you in in so much maturity and probably feel like aged well beyond your years at this point from all that you've seen and all that you've been exposed to like I can only imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Like just I don't know, it kind of sucks to see like the army as I left like because it was a lot different back in the old days. Nowadays, like, basic training isn't a thing anymore. Like, they, they don't do the shark attack. They give soldiers phones on the weekends. Like, they essentially treat them, like, I don't know, I guess with respect and dignity. It, it's, it's a different mindset because you have to break them down for a wartime atmosphere. But, like... I think it's a problem just because like generals, the big guys in charge of the army, they're not overseen by the army. As soon as you pass colonel, full bird colonel to general, you're appointed by the Senate. And 
at that point it becomes political so pretty much like they'll change whatever rules and regs in the army that they need to to get where they need to be and just the quality of soldiers nowadays has just dropped dramatically like it's just it's not good anymore wow that's so interesting you say that i didn't know that like the political thing had such a uh, an influence like a stronghold on on that i didn't know that Oh, absolutely. I mean, nowadays, like, I mean, this isn't to downgrade on any, like, females or anything, but, like, there is a big thing in the army about this thing called SHARP, because back in the day, like, one in four women would be, you know, assaulted, raped, etc. And that's honestly the main training that we get every year. Like, just the last year when I got out, we only went to the range like one time. We're supposed to be infantry. The guys in the front lines actually fighting. Why is it that our sharp and like EO training is more important than shooting bullets? Right, like, right. This isn't, this is not the place for that. Like, we have a job to do. And not to mention with like, I mean, there's a stigma of like girls that'll come in and then they'll say, oh, somebody raped me and then they'll get a promotion and usually that guy will get kicked out. Like wholeheartedly, I am all for anyone coming into the military and doing their job, especially infantry. But I don't care like who you are, how big you are, what your race is, what your gender is. Just come in and do your job like Mm -hmm. everybody else. Hold the same standard. Yeah. Like don't think you're above shit just because of some certain way you are like just prove everybody different like i even had a female soldier that uh we were doing a police call it's just like you pick up trash and stuff and she just blatantly was walking around with her hands in her pockets didn't really care i was like okay i'll take care of this so i smoked her and corrected her and told her don't do that again sure enough she goes and tells another female sergeant tries to get me in huge trouble and she even called our first sergeant, who's about one, two, three, three levels above on the chain of command. You don't jump one level. Like, wow. you stay in your lane. And I got told by NCOs, like, hey, you better leave her alone before things get worse for you. Like, really? This is the army that we're in now? We're just going to let people act over the fuck they want just because some, like, some new private is going to come in and sleep with the higher-ups, and we're going to call this okay? Like, no. That's ridiculous. You know, and it's interesting because that's not the first time I've heard this. I, I've heard it somewhere else, too. Someone talk about, uh, you know, the, the women, you know, and I'm not saying all, just that there's been some that have done that to become a higher rank and, and basically, like, want to have more control and more power, right? Like... Yeah, they just don't hold them to standard. Like, that's honestly the biggest problem in the military right now is all this new woke bullshit that's going mm-hmm. on. Like, it's not racism. Like, I mean, Grand Sharp's still probably a little bit of a thing. But, like, honestly, it's just all this he said, she said bullshit and just letting people act however they want because nobody wants to get in trouble or hemmed up and it's or they're just thirsty and, like, they're trying to sleep with somebody instead of doing their fucking job. Wow. And it, man, I, I mean, you, you never would think that it would get to that level in a, in a type of situation like, like that, like literally the front lines defending our country and, and you're going to lower their standards and have all this drama and, and training for things that like you shouldn't be training for. Like, that's not your job. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like even what was it? We got some anti-terrorism training or no, what they call it domestic extremism training over the whole Capitol Hill riots thing. And they were going after guys now on posts. There were new policies in place that you weren't allowed to fly a truck or sorry, a flag in the back of your truck. You weren't allowed to have like come and take it stickers on your vehicles. Like basically you couldn't just be like, I'm a hard ass American and you ain't going to do shit. Like that idea was getting pushed out and people were getting in trouble for it. And we were like, what the hell is this? And we were just told to shut up and listen to the brief. And like people are getting rid up for it. And like, it's just, they're, it's like not even okay to be proud to be an American anymore. Like it's crazy. Right. Right. So man, this is crazy. And, and it just goes to show like where the political system is at and how much control they actually have and, and how it's so vital that we, speak out about these things and bring awareness to it and try to wake people up because this is the reality. Like this stuff is not just a story. Like this is real life stuff that's happening every day and standards are becoming less and less and people are not held to the same. It, it's, it's like, and it's like, okay, you know, you want to go there. Let's talk about the sports thing. You know what I mean? Because that's in agenda 2030. Like if anyone wants to read agenda 2030, like, go ahead and read it for yourself because this is what's coming. It's only going to get worse and worse. And if we're not stepping up and, and trying to face this head on, like, there's going to be a complete takeover here. And and having, you know, the whole women's sports thing and transgenderism and, you know, I heard that there was a, a transgender in women's UFC, right? Like, transition to a woman. So... You know, and, and steps into the octagon with a woman and, like, knocked her out and I think, like, cracked her skull. Yeah, it just beats her ass wholesale. Yeah, like that bit. And it's like, how far are we going to let this go? Like, women's sports should be separate from men's sports. Like, you cannot compare the two. I'm sorry. That's just fact. Like men are just stronger than women. Not saying that some women aren't stronger than other guys, because that is a reality. But majority of men are stronger. That's how we're made, how we're built. And it's never going to change. Yeah, it's just genetics. Like Right, exactly. So this is a big problem. And I mean, I was going to ask you, like, what... What's the biggest problem you see in regards to men and masculinity? Well, I guess we're already kind of getting into that right now because it comes back to the political structure and, and the agenda that's going on. And there is an agenda. You have to understand this. There's a bigger picture here of where they want to take things in our world and, and the, the wokeness agenda and bringing this kind of equality and unity and equity and all these things that sound all good but when you peel back the onion layers of it you're like damn this is pretty devious like there's something else going on here and we're not really aware of it it's like that whole like method of like you put a frog in a pot with some water and you turn the heat up little by little and before you know it you cook the frog but if you have it so hot right away it's going to jump right out so it's like that I feel like that's what's happening. Like the heat is just turned up little by little, just subtly. 
so that we compromise a little bit more and, and okay we'll give up our freedoms here but not over there and then and then you fast forward another year and it's like okay now this is taken away and that's how the takeover happens absolutely like i am all for being a man of hey you got a problem let's go settle it in the parking lot and a lot of people tell me that like i'm wrong for that and that's essentially what's happening today is with the silent majority, which is the majority of Americans, because believe it or not, over, what is it, two-thirds or one-third of the country don't vote at all. With the silent majority, we're the people that aren't on Facebook, like, aren't on Instagram, like, more or less just watch the news and live our lives. We're not out there protesting in the streets. We're not, like, making a big hoopla, because we got bigger shit we got to worry about. The mortgage, our family, our kids, you know? And... I think it's honestly gearing towards like just a really weak-minded future, like taking away our gun rights, trying to say that we can't be men and like be violent and angry. Like they're just trying to calm us down to disarm us so that we essentially fall in line. Like it's like you said, you turn up the heat little by little. You just keep putting all this woke bullshit out there of like purple-haired Karen screaming on the news being like, hey, that's wrong. No, like eventually it's just going to keep eating and eating away at us. But they if they just popped out like, okay, we're taking all your rights away. Like, no, everybody would flip shit. And they're subtly doing that because they know that we'll like people will raise hell if they go too fast. So I think it's all part of like a greater spectrum of getting people to be calm, not fight back so that they can exercise control. So, so I mean, what, 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 I mean, what's the end goal here? Like, what, what do you, where do you think this thing leads? Like, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this thing? I mean, you're, you're kind of on the front lines being in the army and all that. And, and you've seen a lot of the political stuff kind of leak into it. And, you know, where, where does all this go in your opinion? Believe it or not, a lot of like the infantry guys, we all think that the government is corrupt as shit and we don't trust it at all. So for a lot of the infantry guys, we think that the government is corrupt as shit and it's going to go down a dark path one day. Like if you just look at all the stuff in the news, like even as far back as when did covid come out <laughs> like 2019 2020 immediately all these ideas start coming out about how like oh it was made in the lab and china leaked it out and the government's hiding it and everybody was saying oh you guys are crazy and sure enough we'll look at the news now like all this stuff is coming true even with all the stuff in Ukraine, like if you look at Pelosi's kid, Biden's kid, and these two other senators' kids, they're all in charge of this massive energy corp in Ukraine because a lot of Russia's pipelines run through Ukraine. Like, I think, honestly, end goal is to plunge the world into some type of chaos to where this new world order or some type of corrupt, tyrannical government can take over and exercise dominance over their people. Look, you're making all the men soft. Okay, their people aren't as inclined to grow a pair and fight back. Take away the guns. Like, okay, they got no means to fight back. Like, even in UK, like, they don't get to go in the guns. You can't even carry a pocket knife for self-defense. And look, they got a monarchy and a king for the last, like, thousand years. And 
I honestly think it's all going to come to a head, even with like all of, I mean, our <laughs> President Biden's like genius ideas and everybody making fun of him on social media. Like it's all going to come to a head. And honestly, I think it would be sometime within the next year between January and April. I think something big is going to come down, either China invading Taiwan or Russia threatening to use nukes or even our own government trying to exercise more and more control over us. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think I can add anything to that. I mean, I think you hit it right on the money, uh, in my opinion as well, because I've had all those same thoughts and where this thing's going. And, you know, I, I try to, I being a man of faith, you know, I, I try to filter a lot of it through through the Bible, you know, because I, I believe a lot of that um is giving us advice and preparing us for where this thing's going you know like what's the end game what's the end goal here and you know you see it you you do see this kind of world order where you know you have to dumb the people down and make them weaker so that you can control them more and they're more easily moldable and adaptable and especially like with the kids i mean what's happening to the young kids now the innocent children that are being brainwashed with you know disney shows and things that are so like just evil and wicked with if you really dissect it like everyone just wants to like look at it on the surface but not actually look what's under the cover and it's like damn it we got to open our eyes to this because the kids are innocent like it's one thing to be an adult and just be ignorant of it but a kid like come on man that's not right and as parents we need to wake up i mean i'm not a parent so i can't fully understand what that feels like having kids like that living in the society we live in now with how the school systems are and how it's just it's just a brainwashing like we need to we need to rebel we need to resist or it's going to be too late or or you're you're going to eventually be living in a tyrannical type of world like you're saying and where it's a one world type of government and system that you have to bow down to or guess what try to live life without us you know and that's where it's going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to fall back on my faith and and start going off grid and really trying to uh, separate myself from the masses because that's where this thing's going in my mind. And But you know what? I know the end story because I believe that the Bible is true and I believe that God wins and I believe that Satan, he can have all the, the fun that he thinks he's having right now and creating all this ruckus and chaos, but his time is short. And we know that from historical, biblical literature um, that his time is going to be cut off at some point. And uh, it doesn't matter if I die. If, if I die for my faith, and uh, you know, I believe that is coming, the persecution to Christians specifically, um, you know, it's already been happening here. And people just wanting to do the right thing, people getting arrested for feeding the homeless. I mean, I, I was out there today this morning with a group of other guys and, and some women and, and we were feeding the homeless in a nearby city that where I'm at in PA here. I'm not saying that to puff myself up. I'm just saying it, it was a good opportunity for us to be out there to give people something that they need in the winter months where it's getting cold and like they're going to need stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like we're seeing people get arrested for doing that. It's like, wait a second. Something is wrong here. Something is drastically wrong. Yeah, even like with, what was it, California lowering the consent age of like 
kids to like eight years old or something like that like what in the hell is going on here like are you people really that like drinking of the kool-aid that you can't see what in the hell you're doing like these are kids they're pure they're innocent like why are we trying to force kids to grow up like just let them enjoy their childhoods like even for parents out there again i'm not a parent either but you have to take that mantle. You had these kids. You brought them into the world. Like, you need to be a parent. You need to guide them, to mentor them. I understand stuff gets hard and maybe, like, you get sick of the family after a while, but you assume that mantle. Like, you need to educate them and guide them. If you're not teaching them, the school system will. And just look how the school system is. All they do is try to break down kids and force them into this box of like just this one right answer because school systems were originally developed to help uh, train factory workers for the industrial revolution. Like it's well beyond that time now. Like kids need time to be kids. Like there's a time and a place for it. Don't just give them a phone and send them in front of the TV. Like go outside, throw a ball, like just have fun with them. Like, I understand you get home, you're tired, and maybe you want a beer, or maybe you're just tired of your husband because he doesn't want to look at your nice hair that, that you got cut. Like, you just, you still need to be there for your kids and just have, like, a healthy family and a home. Like, you have to assume that responsibility because if you're not, somebody else will, and it won't be good. That was so well said. Yeah, I I was thinking everything, like literally before you were saying it, I, I was like thinking it in my head and you were just hitting it on the money uh, because it's true, you know, like if, if, if you're not if you're not being uh, that involved in your kids' lives, then somebody else will be and it, it's usually not going to turn out to be good. And And this is part of the agenda, you know, we have to understand this. And you have to go deeper here and know that there's strategy behind this. Like, okay, let's let's weaken the men. You know, let's suppress them. Let's cancel them. Let's silence them. Like, let's just label it toxic masculinity. Men, men in general are just toxic, right? Like, I, I can't stand when I hear that because it's so stupid. It's just stupidity. Like, it, it doesn't make any there's, – there's toxic men and toxic women, yes. There's just toxic people. Like, let's not label all men as toxic and just have this whole, I don't know. It, it makes me sick to hear, but this is part of the agenda. Like, weaken the men. Let's empower women, right? Let's, let's bring women into power. Let's get them out of the home so that they're not really involved with the kids because that's how it used to be. This is how it used to be with our parents and grandparents and ancestors. Like, back in the day, like... The woman was typically in the house, like taking care of the home, taking care of the kids, like knowing what exactly is going on in their lives so that they're not being brainwashed or programmed to think a certain way. Like they had more control. And now it's like, okay, take the woman out of the house, put her up on that corporate ladder where she's going to try to compete with man and make as much money as him and say all oh, this equality, you know, and all that. And trust, I'm, I'm all for the, the women in power thing, like to a certain extent. But like, again, the agenda was to pull the woman out of the house. And now these kids are being trained and programmed by the state, by the school systems. And we have lost control and we have to regain that. Absolutely. Because back in the day, it used to be a single income home. Like 
the wife would stay home. And then when you put the wife to work, you have two taxable incomes. And then the kids can get uh, pretty much, what do you call it, taught by, like, the schools, whatever is on, like, the big agenda. And now it's just about, like, trans rights and, what, safe spaces and, like, all this other garbage just making people soft like no life sucks like there's goods and bads to it like you have to go out there the more that you suffer and you deal with it like the stronger you're going to become mentally and it's not going to phase you and you'll be stronger to help other people and your family if you're soft you ain't gonna be able to do shit like i don't i don't know how you people are ignoring like the writing on the wall yeah yeah no that's that's so spot on and suffering is a really good thing and and it it should be appreciated more we should be embracing our failures and trust me i've been the chiefest of it like i i come from a very weak type of uh life just life in general like i, I was just a weak boy and and even man growing up not until like just recently that I started like opening up my eyes and I don't believe it was me. I believe God was really like working on me and like waking me up because it's like it just what level of an asset am I if I'm not embracing my masculinity and my strength and just letting people suppress me and silence me and like no, like not anymore. Like that was a big reason why I started this podcast. Like I'm running at my fear and I'm not going to be silenced. Like I'm going to overcome whatever you're trying to throw at me. I'm going to overcome it with good and, and God's going to bless it and he's going to use it. So yeah, again, going back to recycling your pain, using your pain as your fuel, pain to purpose, right? Like usually in our dirt, in our pain, like we usually find our purpose, like what we're here to do. Because guess what? You're going to run into people down the road, 10, 20 years down the road, who literally went through the exact thing you went through. And now you have that testimony to give to them to pull them through it. Like eventually we get to a point where we're like in this kind of king type of state where we can not look down on people, but look at people in a way like, hey, dude, I'm going to reach my hand out for you. Like grab it. I'm going to pull you through this because I've been through it already. Like. I have the experience, you know, I suffered through it and, and I, I want to help prevent you from going through it. Or if you have to go through it, I'm going to help you how to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Just building the brotherhood mentality of just iron sharpens iron. Like I understand as men, like we want to be able to be like, yeah, I did it all on my own. Like I'm hot shit. Like ain't nobody going to tell me different. Like, no, it's good to have perception guys. Like you need people that you can lean on and help give you insight. Like it's, it's just so important just to go through the suck once in a while. I would say like just to go out there and like, hell, even just do a ruck march, just slap on 35 pounds in a backpack and just walk and just see how far you can go. Take your boys with you. I'm sure one of you is going to be like, oh, no, I didn't bring water. I'm cramping up. It's like, no, nah, dude, grow a pair. Let's keep going. It just ain't that bad. Yeah, let's like, go. You need to be able to band together and keep each other accountable. Like, just keep going. Because at the end of it, you're like, dude, that sucked. But damn, like, I... I didn't believe I could do that. And it builds self-confidence and you're going to feel better and you're going to act better. Like, it's just, it's such a helpful thing. Like, if you're just, like, people always say, like, oh, if you're depressed or you're feeling bad, like, 
go to the gym. Like it'll make you feel 10 times better. And it does. Like when you start stacking on weight and muscle, you just start getting more relaxed. Like you're health, you're heavier, you're stronger. You're just like, yeah, this is, this is pretty nice. Like, yeah. Yeah. You just, you just feel 10 times better. And then like eventually people start watching you and like, it's just, yeah. Like you're somebody to be admired to look up to. I mean, you just have to, essentially be a man and go out there and get after it right oh man so well said i don't think i can add anything else i i want to part of me doesn't want to bring it to a close but i know we're getting up there so um this has been very enlightening for me uh just listening to you and bouncing these things off of each other um again guys this is that iron sharpening iron that we're talking about like that that brooks just mentioned we need to sharpen each other and we need to have these conversations like this is a good thing this is a good thing for for brothers to do right like that brotherly love where we're yeah we may not agree on every single thing but like we can talk it out and we can be men and we can have tough conversations and like hold each other accountable like dude don't do that like do this and then it's like well why and it's like, well, you talk it out. Like, again, it's it's that's something that we need as men because the days are not getting easier. They're going to get harder. And we see where things are going in the world and we need to band together. That's a big reason why I wanted to do this. And hopefully this can get out to some of the ears that just feel like alone, like like they're lost in this world, like you've been labeled as toxic you know, you can't embrace your masculinity. You've been told, you know, just be more in your feelings, more feminine. And it's just like, we need to identify what a man is. I don't fully know what that is, but again, I'm on the pursuit of that. And we all should be. And we all should be having these conversations because someone's going to say something that's going to spark a thought and be like, huh, I never thought of that. And then you're going to start saying something that's going to sharpen the other person. And that's how it works. That's a beautiful thing. And so with all that being said, Brooks, this has been a phenomenal episode in my opinion. Uh, this is very new for both of us. So hopefully the listeners got something from this. But before we bring it to a close here, are there any any last words, Any anything you you know maybe didn't say already that you kind of has just been on your heart and you, you would want the audience to, to know? One of my sergeants told me a saying that took me a long while to actually comprehend and ponder. Build a garden, build a community, build a place where you can survive, have your own ideals. Like, you know, even imagine someplace out in the country or growing your own food. You ain't going to depend on the grocery stores. It's just your wife and the kids is happy bliss away from everything. Like just living life with nature, having a community of buddies and other families to come enjoy this with too and just come together as as one. Just build a garden. Really ponder on everything that that means and what it means to you. I guarantee you, you'll earn a lot of insight out of it. Amazing. Amazing. And that that brings to something to my mind. You dude, I I got to get you out to the house at some point like well, hopefully we can meet up someday in the future and and i can bring you over here because if you've seen what we did what me and my brother did with the huge garden we built and um i mean we literally hauled wood chips we, one wheel wheelbarrow at a time that's all we had at like for six months straight and, and you're talking like 
you're talking on average probably three full loads of wood chips that we got delivered to my house and they were all free. Every single pile was free because I just contacted a local tree guy and literally like they have to pay to dump wood chips usually when they take trees down. And so he was loving it. We were loving it because we built this huge garden where we're like growing all this food, like kind of going off grid a little bit. And on top of that, we built a whole like obstacle course, like Spartan, freaking Ninja Warrior, strong man. Like I literally just drove like two and a half hours up north to meet this guy that i don't even know he had these atlas stones that i wanted dude what dude <laughs> you gotta see what we did and and what we have back there like it's it, i'm trying to literally build my own crucible like i was saying it in in the last episode that i did um where i i want to bring men specifically to that course and really put them through kind of like a crucible type of thing and really put them to the test and hopefully they can start seeing like, man, I do have what it takes. Like I belong here. I'm freaking throwing some stones around some logs and like you got to I got a 400 pound tire. I mean, it, all types of stuff back there. Like I, I, I got to get you on the course, man, and and uh, get you out here someday. But yeah, so I, I've been we've been we've been busy. We've been building and it's it's been awesome. So uh amazing words brooks you you've you've <laughs> you've grown a lot man I, I i've been so inspired by you and we haven't even talked in how long and like we, it's like we we just pick right up where we left off and it's just it's it's awesome I, I see you as a brother and even if you're miles and miles away like i there, there's something in the spirit that connects us you know what i mean and uh, I, I don't say that to be gay. I'm, I'm saying that, you know, I, 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 I'm saying that man to man. Like, I, I really mean that, man. Yeah, dog. You know where the pack is. <laughs> yep, exactly. So my last words, I'm going to close it out here. There's a verse I was reading in 2 Timothy that says, Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And I believe that that is so true. And as men, we need to endure hardness as a good soldier. Whether you're in the military or not, it doesn't matter. We are all soldiers. We are all men that need to rise up in these last days and not be entangled with all this feminism and, and all these issues that we don't need to be entangled in. And we need to just do our job and lead as men and be strong men in mind, body, and spirit, not just physically. Like we, we need to be strong in all areas because the days are getting harder and we need to be prepared. We need to stay ready. So I love what David Goggins says. Every time he signs off or ends a video, stay hard, right? And, and not meaning like harden your heart to the point where like you don't feel anything. I mean like, you stay hard in a way where you're ready for anything. Stand your ground. Yeah, exactly. Stand your ground. You know, fight to the death. Like, never give up. Hold the breach. Yeah, exactly. Those are the virtues that we need to focus on for the days ahead. Keep training, keep preparing, and keep going. Don't ever give up. This is the pandemic that we live in right now. It's time to build immunity. It's time to go from emasculation to initiation, and most of all, 
It's time to make men strong again. Thank you.